Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Monday. More phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Still got to get to Paulie's best and worst of the weekend. Poll question for the final hour. Have that for you. Your phone calls are always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to our TV partner. That's Peacock, the streaming service, and also our radio affiliates around the country. Chris Collinsworth was uh, part of the NBC team broadcasting last night. And he said something that was really interesting about the uh, former UCLA star, Josh Rosen, and uh, being one of the more disappointing first-round quarterbacks in recent draft history. He was taken 10th overall in the uh, 2018 NFL draft. He has thrown for under 3,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, 19 interceptions over the course of his career. He was signed earlier this month with the, by the Falcons after uh, Atlanta lost A.J. McCarron to the season. And uh, Sunday night, Rosen had some preseason action against the Browns, and Chris Collinsworth had a brutally honest comment on the quarterback. Well, you don't get taken with the 10th overall pick unless you have some talent. And I think that one good thing about Josh Rosen is he's sort of taken on some of his issues. One of his issues is not being smart. <laughs> Okay. I, you know, as a quarterback, I don't know what he's saying. You know, does he process the information once he gets the line of scrimmage? Does he put in the time behind the scenes? It almost felt like when he was at UCLA, he was too smart for his own good. But by all accounts, there are a lot of people, myself included, who thought he looks like he's an NFL quarterback. But you quickly realized that he was not. And it's not all based off. You know, when you go into the league and you start early and you're on a, you know, suspect team, and I thought that he had one of the worst offensive lines, you get into bad habits. 
if Josh Rosen had gone to a team that was better, with a better offensive line, would he have a different career? Probably so. Because Arizona didn't wait. They're like, uh, we're bad. Mm, what did we think of Josh Rosen? Eh, not sure. And the Arizona Cardinals take Kyler Murray. That's it. That's how long it takes. I mean, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is in that situation right now. Because no matter what the Dolphins say, he's not their quarterback of the future. No matter what the Eagles say with Jalen Hurts, I don't believe they truly think he's the quarterback of the future. And that's why the Dolphins have always been in the conversation for Deshaun Watson. Brian Flores, the Dolphins head coach, didn't exactly answer the question about, are the Dolphins interested in Deshaun Watson? I mean, I would say I'm interested in the players that are on our team. You know, that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in, uh, you know, Reed Sinnett, who went out there and played, you know, his butt off tonight. I'm interested in Jared Dokes, who, you, who we talked about, um, you know, a second ago. I'm, pr- I'm interested in the guys who um, that didn't play today that, you know, we're focused on um, our recovery and being fresh for next week. You know, that's, that's what I would say. I mean, th- I'm interested in the players on the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> um, not exactly clear, clearing it up there, but I understand what he's saying. I mean, he used to work with Belichick. And he's a podium thumper, too, which drives me crazy. Um, Are they interested? I don't even think you can talk about another player on another team. Brian Flores probably avoids being fined in a situation like this. But you have to ask the question because the Dolphins, this story doesn't go away. And now we know what the Texans will take in return for Deshaun Watson, according to Yahoo Sports. It's there. Hadn't gone away. No matter what Philadelphia does, no matter what Miami does, no matter what Carolina does, the story is still there. That this is, if you want Deshaun Watson, this is what it's going to take. And those three teams continually come up. Here is uh, Bill Belichick asked about his uh, quarterbacking situation. Do you have to announce who your starting quarterback is to the world? And is there an advantage in your preparation if your opponent doesn't know? Yeah, again, I would just say, Tom, that what we're going to do is what we feel is best for our football team, and that's what it'll be. <laughs> yeah, and would it be best for the team to keep that under wraps? Or would it be best for the team to know what the situation is at certain positions? Yep. <laughs> yep. Excuse me? There was one? <laughs> Excuse me? I have no idea what you're talking about. Tom Curran was, you know, hanging in there with Belichick. Yes, Eden. It's classic Tom Curran moment right there. Yep. Uh, here is uh, Mac Jones, who's auditioning to become our uh, next Jimmy Jimerson, the uh, Patriots quarterback on if uh, he could be the starter in New England. Do you think you've played well enough to be the star? What'd you say? Do you think you've played well enough to be the starter? Um, I mean... I've gotten a lot of opportunities uh, to play, and I can improve on everything that I want to improve on. So um, I think just learning from Hoyer, Cam, Jarrett, anybody I can, and just listening to Josh and his coaching, there's a lot of work to do. But um, I think I've made progress. But honestly, it's just the only thing that matters is today. Um, and then tomorrow, I'll focus on tomorrow. But I think the past is the past, and we're kind of moving on to the new, new season here. 
Pass is a pass. I'm here to talk about today, and then I'll be here to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> Fred Wright, 32. On, on, on to. Ready? Break. Uh, now, whenever I hear somebody talk, especially if it's an NFL insider, I always think of Jimmy Jimerson. That, uh, he doesn't say anything, but he takes a long time to not say anything. And uh, it's quite an act for our NFL insider, Jimmy Jimerson. For example, if I say to Jimmy Jimerson, hey, would you start Justin Fields in Chicago? Jimmy, uh, what are you, uh, what are you uh, finding out? Well, right now, Matt, Matt Nagy and his staff are going back through the preseason, looking, seeing who had the most reps, who had the most quality reps, mm. actually. And right now it's coming down between Andy Dalton uh, and, and Justin Fields. They're a very high draft pick. Um, obviously, Andy Dalton was the man before they drafted Fields. Mm. Um, but now since Field has joined the roster, there's a little bit more of a battle going on, I think, uh, for that week one start. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's Jimmy. Back to you. That's our insider, Jimmy Jimerson. Thank you, Jimmy. Dalton was the starter before they drafted Field. Yes, he was. But now that Fields is there, yes. yep. now there's a, a true quarterback battle. And once again, Jimmy Jimerson <laughs> is not based off of one particular person. <laughs> a handful. But I, I had a, another NFL employee... I don't want to say if he's an analyst or an insider, but he wanted to know if this was an inside joke and it was based upon him. And I, I said, no, but if you, if you hear some things and, and you can add to Jimmy Jimerson's resume, then uh, we would love that. To a man. <laughs> to a man. I might have hit a little yeah. close to home for some people. Yes, Todd. <laughs> and what does that say about that insecure analyst or insider that thinks that may be, may be about that person and what they deliver every day? If they think it might be about them. <laughs> That just makes it even better. Uh, Paulie, I didn't get you to your best and worst of the weekend. Oh, you really missed out, yes, Dan, I, because I, you get I, to know this name. Archer Sitkowski, the Illinois quarterback, big weekend for Archer. 124 yards and two touchdowns. I figure i got to get some Illini football in. I think mm. we're good for the season. Mm-hmm. But UCLA had a good weekend, 44-10 to over the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. The running back for UCLA, Zach Charbonnet, cool name. Six mm. carries, 106 yards, and three touchdowns. He averaged 17.7 yards a carry. Probably won't keep that up for the season. Thank you. Back to you. Barry in Long Island, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, Barry. Good morning, fellas. As a uh, Met fan for over 50 years, there hasn't been a best of the weekend since 1986. Uh, Obviously, the worst of the weekend, uh, that Schmendrick, Javi Baez, basically giving us uh, the finger. Um, You know, this is not St. Louis where uh, you know you fail game after game after game after game and the fans sing kumbaya and bring you milk and cookies after the game uh i think i'm gonna go tomorrow just to just to boo no oh. j-e-t-s jets 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 right. thank you barry yes paul but for a mets fan to goof on st louis cardinals fans for not criticizing their players when they lose game after game after game is flawed because the St. Louis Cardinals don't lose game after game after game. They're always competitive. They're always in the playoff hunt. So Javi Baez has had enough of New York Mets fans booing him, and he decided to take matters into his own hands, literally. Because uh, since he came to the Mets at the trade deadline, he's batting 207, three homers in five RBI, 16 games. Fans have been booing him. He's been struggling and uh, came over from Chicago. And they don't boo in Chicago. Um, 
they're either you know drinking or you know, what else are they doing there? Ordering the next beer. Oh, that's right. Now it, he he won there. He's a very good player there, and it's different. But you come to the Mets, and the Mets are just they're waiting for something positive to happen. I mean, keep in mind the Mets have a nine and twenty record since the trade deadline. They have dropped out of first place, and they're out of the playoff picture as well. Well, Javi Baez had a gesture to the fans, and uh, he was basically giving a thumbs down to the fans after hitting a home run. And uh, here's what Javi Baez had to say about that gesture after the game. It just it just feels bad when 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 we strike when I strike out and I get booed. You know, it doesn't really get to me, but like I want I want to let them know that. Well, we success, we're gonna do the same thing to to know how to to let them know how how it feels, you know. Because if we win together, then we we gotta lose together, you know. And 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 the fans are really big part of it, so they they gotta be better, you know. I, I play for the fans and I love the fans, but you know if if they're gonna do that, they they just putting more pressures on the team, and and that's not that's not what we want. So, are, is that a thumbs down to fans then? Yeah, yeah. I mean. To let them know that that when we when we don't get success, we're gonna get booed. So we they're gonna get booed when, when we when we success. Okay. Does he have a point in any of this? Would a more supportive fan base be better? I I never understood when fans boo. Like I know you paid the, the uh, price to come into the game. Uh, you're you're paying part of their salaries, or at least you're you're going to feel that way. Does booing your player, your team, help? Does it help the player and the team? Now it might help you because you're angry, and this is your team, and you want to win, and you're tired of seeing this movie every single year. It ends the same way. Hopes die. If if I'm gonna boo. It, this is the, so my fan, my my team. If I'm a fan, I'm going to boo if you don't give me effort. If you don't run out a ground ball, if you pose after what you think is a home run and you end up, you know, getting thrown out at second base, then I have a problem with that. But can you imagine another sport? Think of another sport where we look at a player and we know he's not giving one hundred percent. He's not giving full effort. When's the last time you did that in football? Guys take plays off in football all the time. Nobody is booing. Basketball. Do you really notice when somebody's going to take a night off? Now, you might say, well, LeBron's not playing defense. Okay. But when you're in baseball and you're at the plate, you're all alone. It's just you. Like, you're the opera singer. The spotlight's on you. It's just you. You want to boo the opposition? Okay. But to boo your own player, how does how does that help him? And I know if you're hobby bias, just play better. That's all. What came first, the boos or your poor performance? If he was playing well, then nobody's booing you. The fans want, expect, like there's part of you that has to understand the New York fan base. The Nick fans still go. They're embarrassing. That team, that product has been embarrassing. They still go. They still wanted so badly. The Mets, it's been a long time. The Jets, it's been a long time. It means so much 
that that's that's their passion. Booing, I never understood it. Didn't think it helped the player. It's not like the player goes, yeah, I just struck out. Oh, they're booing me. I'm going to try even harder when I get up there. What are you going to do? Swing harder? It doesn't help. But if you're a fan, I, and fans think that you that the players can hear them. Seton was at an all-star game. Was that uh, Yankee Stadium? Yeah. And and you were at not the top row, but second to the last row? I was second to the last row. Yeah, it was like a contest we did, and I brought a, a like listener of the show to the all-star game. And we had... Uh, we were in the second to last row, and the guy who was right, sitting right behind us in the last row during batting practice was yelling, Pujols! Pujols, you're a bum! You're a bum! And he did that for about three hours straight. Pujols! You're a bum! There's no way Albert Pujols was hearing this dude that far up. But sometimes you get the guy who's in your section who thinks it's uh, live at the improv, and you know he's going to have some funny lines here. Yes, Todd. Yeah, he's humoring himself, and if he gets the slightest chuckle from, uh, believe me, I know, I'll, I'll grab a, a slight chuckle over total silence anytime. They think that they're performing, and they, they must know in the back of their mind there's no way they can hear. But then you have the biases of the world who react to the fans, and now maybe they, some people do hear the fans. Some of the players do, because th- there are examples where the outfielder turns around and smiles or waves or whatever. So that just feeds the whole, I bet you if I scream loud enough, they can hear me, and they're going to turn around and say something. Thank you, Todd. Um, yes, Paulie. And, and it's always funny that the guy who gets called a bum or you suck is usually the best player on earth. Like Albert Pujols, when we were there that night, he's not a bum. You know, like if you're in the crowd that night, he's the least bum. He's hitting like 378. You're a bum. Let's take a break. More phone calls coming up. And uh, if you have thoughts on this, and, you know, as a fan, if you think, yeah, we should be able to boo. I mean, you, you can boo. It just does that really help your team. And I've seen both situations. I I have been there in St. Louis when they don't boo. But then you have other situations, certainly in New York or Philadelphia, they do. Take a break. 17 after the hour. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. DraftKings, right around the corner. Football's almost here. No better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. As the season is quickly approaching, DraftKings, your one-stop shop to make it rain all season long, bring you even closer to the action. DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot at a million dollars during week one. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, preseason, perfect time to test that strategy. Now it's over. Hopefully you've got some strategy here. And it's really simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up against the competition. DraftKings, uh, free-to-play uh, pools that they have, even more cash up for grabs. So go there now. Uh, and make sure you, you download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code PATRICK for a limited time. New players get a free shot at a million dollars during week one. Don't miss out on all the action. The free shot at millions of dollars. And uh, the promo code is PATRICK. Go to DraftKings.com. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Mets fans letting Javi Baez know that they don't appreciate the uh, subpar performance since he came over from the Cubs. If I was a Mets fan, the guy I would be booing is Francisco Lindor. He's hitting 224 in uh, 93 games. He signed the 10 year, $341 million deal. Wow. 
that's not the biggest deal in baseball, but he uh, he's going to set a couple of baseball records with the contract. He'll get $43 million from the Mets in 2021. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that... So he he does have a base salary, and then he has a signing bonus to be paid. And uh, so $43 million for one year. I'd have a problem with that. that. But that's the guy that you go, okay, let's support him because we got him for 10 years. Whereas Javi Baez, you know, you got him for one year, I believe. The uh, The word boo, who came up with the word boo? Because I got to believe that booing has been around for a long time. Anybody want to guess how we came up with boo? Slate.com asked this question. The combination of the voiced plosive B and the roaring ooh sounds make boo a particularly startling word. Some linguists argue that the Ooh or ah sounds can be pronounced at a higher volume than other vowel sounds, such as the E in wheel, the E's in wheel. Since boo is a monosyllable, it can also be said very quickly, which may address or add to its scariness. I don't know who came up with boo. I don't know what any of that means, I don't by know the either. way, I don't that know. you just said. Um, is boo universal? Like in... In Spain or France, I don't think they say boo. Um, in Spain, you say uh, ooh to scare somebody. In ooh. France, it's who. Oh, wait. So is this this is to scare people or is this like boo meaning displeasure? I, I think it's kind of a combination here. It seems to be of Scottish origin, but some trace it back to a Greek word that meant to cry aloud, roar, or shout, and some say boo imitates the sound of a sad calf. (laughs) Boo. Not moo, it's boo. They're not saying boo. Booing as a sound of discontent seems to have been used in the 18th century. Italian opera fans were said to be voracious boo birds. Huh. In France, could it be bourgeois? I guess something was bourgeois. Bougie? Yeah. Booyah. Booyah. Yeah. All right. Oh. Does anybody hiss anymore? Hiss. <laughs> Let's bring that back. Really? Hiss. What if the Mets fans got all snarky tonight or whatever the next game is? And as a group, they start going, let's do better. You know, a little positivity. 40,000 people. Well, you could just say, let's go, Javi. Javi Buez. Oh, Ritzy. Oh. Javi Buez. Yes, McLovin. You know, can I make the case for booing your own team as a Philadelphia native? It just let, lets a team know that they're accountable. Like, you're paying this money, you want to see more. And the Mets fans want, you know, they want Baez out of town, too. They want to make sure he's not, they don't spend on Wait, him. they want him out? He's only been there a couple of weeks. Yeah, they've, they basically haven't won a game since he got there. <laughs> and he's hitting terribly. Okay. But I think it's just like, it's sort of like let's ownership know, hey, we really want a winner. I don't know. It's like some kind of pressure. Well, what what fan base goes, nah, we don't want to win. I mean, I know the Cubs were lovable losers, but they, they embraced that because they had no other choice. Like, 
you're either angry losers or lovable losers. And the Cubs were lovable losers. But it's not like they like that monitor. But the, the other thing, too, is these guys are getting so much money. It's, it's part of that salary to take the booze, let fans vent. You know, you're, you're a bit of a uh, sounding I board. I, I, I get it. But, but what you're saying is the fans care. They want to let you know that they care. And that's why they boo. Yeah, to put a little pressure on the team. They feel like, oh, if we boo, maybe they'll perform better. They might be totally backwards, but they're thinking, ah, this will spur them on or something. I, I just can't imagine that that would be the impetus for you playing well. It's like, what, what was it? Oh, they were booing me. They yelled some mean things. I just don't know. That's not a motivating factor. Yeah, Paul. I like when fans boo or cheer between from play to play. Like when Once they decided they're done with you, like Trubisky in Chicago last year. The fans were done with him, and they would boo him most of the plays. And then he'd have a 17-yard pass for a first down, and they'd all start cheering. And the next play, they'd boo, boo, boo. Well, that's why they're going to get Justin Fields, and then they'll be booing Justin Fields at some point. Not this year, but they'll be booing him. Uh, Phil in Indiana. Hey, Phil, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, Dan, always a pleasure. I'll get to the best here real quick, but uh, Mac Jones going from – um, Nick Saban to Bill Belichick. How's that for press conference 101? I, I love that. Um, and then secondly, Dan, the best of the weekend was absolutely the BMW golf. But my question to you, Dan, is who's going to want to play with Bryson DeChambeau? I mean, he can't even get along with, with Patrick Cantlay, who's, who's about as polarizing as drywall. So it'll be interesting to see. Thanks, Dan. All right, Phil. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Cantlay was, was – he had been told you guys are on the clock, speed it up a little bit, and he started to walk down the other side of the fairway as DeChambeau was getting ready to hit. And then you could hear him say, you know, Patrick, stop walking. And uh, I don't know who you pair him with with the Ryder Cup, but Kepka and DeChambeau said that they'll – you know, they'll put their feud on hold here. Do you put those two together? For TV, it would be awesome. Uh, but I don't, I don't know who you put with DeChambeau where you go, hey, I, I, I got your back. You know, it's you and me. Like somebody had to play with Patrick Reed. And Patrick Reed is polarizing. Not like DeChambeau, but Patrick Reed is polarizing. And uh, you got to find that guy, that right temperament. That guy can play with that. Remember when Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods were paired together in a Ryder Cup? And I, I didn't like the pairing at all. It's, you don't have to force it. Like, you know, when, when two kids are mad at each other and then, you know, the parents kind of force them to be friends. You know, Tiger and Phil, I mean, Tiger just, he was competitive with everybody. He didn't want to like anybody per se, he wanted to beat you. And, you know, I don't want you to see a soft spot or I'm going to have a soft, like Tiger was always Tiger, where Phil probably wanted to be friends with Tiger. Uh, a couple more phone calls in here. Ray in Seattle. Hi, Ray. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me on. I'm a, I'm a long time uh, listener. And uh, 
Uh, the, the thing about uh, Baez brought back old memory. Um, I'm a Giants fan, by the way. Go Giants. But I uh, went to an A's game with a friend. It was during McGuire, Canseco days, and right behind the dugout. And Jose struck out four times that day. And so I yell, hey, at least you're consistent, right? And he looked up like he was just going to go tear somebody up. I gesture towards my friend. It's like, that guy, that guy, right? And he And he just freaks out. He just uh, acts like he's going to come up into the stand. It cracked me up. It made my day. And the whole hobby bias thing, that they're going to go after him now. He's, you know, he's going to be a mark. And and, and he just let him, you know, get under his skin. And the, But the Jose thing, McGuire was laughing. It was it was hilarious. Anyway, I appreciate what you guys do. Thanks for letting me on. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, and, and this is a situation where the Mets fans know that hobby bias is probably a, a one-year, half-year rental. That's a little bit different. But I'll go back to the Mets, and this is when George Foster got booed every game at home with the Mets teams, late 70s, early 80s. They continued to boo him, but he never complained. And George Foster was uh, a guy who had 50 home runs in a season, played for the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and he got to New York, got more money, But with that comes more attention and uh, more press, um, you know, more vocal fans. And that's what he ran into. But he never complained. I don't remember George Foster ever complaining publicly. Yeah, McClellan. Did he play badly the whole time or did they just like pick him out as the guy they were going to boo? I don't know. I don't think he ever lived up to what he did with Cincinnati and you paid him all this money. Because I remember that was a big deal when George Foster went to the Mets. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, you're right. In the mid to late 70s, George Foster was a top five MVP candidate four straight years. He won MVP. And then he was an all-star with Cincinnati at age 32, went to the Mets. And like you said, he wasn't a bad player. He was hitting like 255 with 35 homers, a couple or 30, 28 homers, but it wasn't 52 homers. Yeah. Man, he had this black bat. Like Foster hit some of the more violent home runs I've ever witnessed. And he was jacked. And I just remember, he didn't hit those towering home runs. He hit these line drives. You could almost get that feeling. The third baseman and the pitcher did not want to see George Foster come to the plate. Because George, when he connected, it sounded different. That I'm trying to think the first time. Reggie Jackson had a, a certain sound to his bat. Um, trying to think, growing up... Um, Mark McGuire had that sound. There's certain guys that just have a sound where you go, oh, wow. Like George Foster is one of the first players I ever remember hearing the ball sound different. I mean, it was just different when it left the bat. And, you know, now you have Shohei Otani, but it's weird. I I listen for these things. I just love to hear that sound. And and as a, a former pitcher, when you hear the sound, you know what's going to happen. It's not like you have to go, like, I'll, I'll turn around if I'm giving up a home run just to make it look like, hey, there might, might have been a doubt there that uh, he didn't get all of it. Like, you have to do that. You can't just go, you throw it, you give up the home run, and then you're just staring at the umpire like, give me a new ball here. Come on, Blue, give me a – you got to go, let me turn around. Oh, oh, it went 455 feet. Oh, wow, that almost didn't make it out of – Yellowstone. Yeah, Paul. I remember there's a clip. I don't know what popped in my head when you just said this. There was a clip about 15 years ago where Bonds was in. He was left field, right? And he was in left field, and his pitcher gave up a homer. 
and Bonds never left his stance. <laughs> his hands were on his knees, and he just turned his head back towards the outfield, and then that's gone. And pitchers hate when outfielders do that. Yes. You got to at least go to the wall. You can't. You, you can't make it seem like, oh man, are you kidding me? That thing. I'm not wasting any energy. Bonds had his hands on his knees, and that you could tell. Tell by the sound of the bat. He didn't even need to turn around. The most violent swing I ever saw was Richie Allen played for the Phillies. Dick Allen also played for the White Sox. He he had one of the longer bats or heavier bats in baseball history. But the ball sounded different. Just man, And he got up there, and when he was swinging, he wanted, if he could take your head off, he'd take your head off. Yeah, Paul. I, I missed the Dick Allen era, but I read a little about him. But I did, I used to collect Sports Illustrated covers. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in June of 1972. He's with the White Sox, and he's juggling baseballs in the dugout, and he's got Smoking a heater a in his mouth. Yeah. He's got a camel non-filtered on yeah. an 80-degree day in July. Yeah. I think those were the white with the red pinstripe. Right. And then he had a batting helmet. He always wore a batting helmet when he played third base, but that's because he played in Philadelphia. <laughs> Can you imagine? And they would throw things at him. Can you imagine that went on now, like in the middle of an Angels <laughs> game, and there's Mike Trout firing one up in the dugout? Juggling. <laughs> yeah. It was a whole different world back then. Here. Yeah. Yes, Todd. I think since we're talking about thumbs down, a rule of thumb, if you're going to interact with the fans, it should only be like to sign an autograph or take a picture or do something positive. Anything mm. less than that, you should totally ignore all fans unless, again, you're doing something like Make-A-Wish related or just taking a moment to put a smile on a kid's face. And that's it. Fans shouldn't be allowed to boo? They should be allowed to boo, but the player's reaction should be ignore it as far as the player's side. Ignore mm. anything negative, and then if there's something positive you want to acknowledge, someone's cheering you, mm-hmm. it's holding up a sign that you appreciate, or there's some kid you want to give a ball to, but you can't uh, respond to that or react to that or let them know that you're hearing it or you're getting in their head in any way. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Uh, looks like you're dressed for your first day of school. I am. It's my first day of third <laughs> grade. You like it? No, I, I, it looks like you just took the uh, the table cover, uh, you know, they, like a picnic table. And made sleeves and buttons out yeah, of it. It's like that, a little that, art project. Like you had a, you had a picnic and you had your uh, blue and white checkered. Uh, I had my little basket oh, with my peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> and my apple juice. And uh, this was Do you have over. your backpack today? I do have okay. my backpack. All right. Pencil case and yeah. my, my textbooks. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, Paul. He should have one of those chalkboards in front of him. My name is Todd. I'm 51 years old. When I grow up, I want to be a booker. <laughs> you know, little thing people do. That's how you make friends. It's just like the little sticker when you go to those little conferences. Everyone wants to know each other's names. <laughs> uh, Kara in New York joining us. Hi, Kara. Dan, how are you? Hi, Kara. Hi. I have, well, you know, we don't do worse than our family. We just do best of the weekend. Okay. So your little namesake got to see his first Bills game. Awesome. And? Yep. He did really well. Um, He fell asleep in the fourth quarter, but nobody watches the fourth quarter anyway, so that was fine. (laughs) Uh, But he's all in. That's that's awesome. Send me a picture. Does he have Bills gear? Of course. Did, of course. But he didn't dive through a table. He's not doing that yet, right? Not well. <laughs> um, not yet. He is certainly capable of breaking the table very easily. <laughs> a little baby table there. A little Lego table. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's solid. He's solid. So so we're working on we're working up to big tables. Awesome. Yeah. And then um, Scott and our anniversary is today. So um, we've had some good days. 
Thank you, Kara. Great to talk to you. As always, stay in touch with Kara. They named their son after me. Uh, my anniversary was yesterday. 34 years. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> did Todd, did you send me a happy anniversary text? I did. I sent you a yeah, note that, okay. at some point Saturday night saying happy okay. anniversary and hope you're enjoying the Darius Rucker concert. Okay. Something like that. I remember. But I, f- I f- forgot. I think I was one of those. I looked at the text and uh, you responded. I got I was, some kind of thumbs up and a yeah, smiley yeah, face you did or it, something. You got a thumbs up. Yeah, I'm not like the Mets fans. I don't give you a thumbs down. I gave you a thumbs <laughs> I up. I appreciated time. that. It was acknowledgement. It's yeah. nice. Last call for phone calls. What we learned, by the way, if you're wondering what you do after 34 years, we uh, we played golf, played uh, nine holes of golf, and uh, tried not to be competitive. And we had dinner with. Uh, couple of my uh, children and it was nice lovely nice nice weekend yeah, it was very nice you know the the pandemic we we've, we've spent more time together it's been a good thing you kind of remember why you fell in love in the first place kids get in the way of all that stuff by the way like people go man where our marriage is on the rocks we're gonna have another kid and i go no don't have another kid <laughs> <Not a rock. laughs> that's no have, have you heard people say that before? yes oh. yes 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 and I always go, no, don't just have a kid. It doesn't bring you closer. Yes, Paul. I got a buddy, and this is a true story. His wife said, we either get a dog or have a third kid. And she was dead serious, one of the t- two. Which one do you think he picked, and which one would you pick? I'd pick the dog. He went with the dog. Yeah. And the dog is a handful. They got one of those big, like, uh, I don't know, mastiffs or something. But it doesn't matter. Your pet, your pet can be a handful, but a child is a different kind of handful. Like they, Pets don't go to college. <laughs> you don't have to pay for their weddings or anything like that. And like every 15 years, you just get a new one. Yeah. New dog. A kid? Oh. Yeah. yeah, no, new dog. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Farfy's out. All right, let's pick up another one. Wait, Farfy? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Is it really 15 years? Is that standard procedure? 12, 15 years for a dog? Well, it depends. You know, we had Lou was 17 years. And, uh, I mean, it was really like 15, but he was around for 17. And, uh, yeah, then, you know, my, I I said to my wife one morning, I said, oh my God, that I have a nightmare that we, uh, we adopted a, a, a puppy and she had already done all the work to adopt this puppy, Winnie. And, uh, she goes, I got something to tell you. And I go, I said, what? And then she goes, we're getting a puppy. And I go, oh, so I, I got the dog and, and Winnie's been lovely. She has been lovely. Chewing up the walls, some furniture, the baseboard. But as my wife says every morning, you know, she's getting better. <laughs> I said, thank you, hon. So am I. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. And uh, anything else I need to mention? Oh, Todd's got his uh, snoreboard coming up as well. I do. (laughs) We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. By the way, it was 1979. Johnny LeMaster played for the San Francisco Giants, and he was getting booed by the home crowds. He wore the name Boo on the back of his jersey for one game. <laughs> you see him at the plate, number 10, and it says B-O-O. That's fantastic. On the back of his jersey. Should Baez do that? I mean, at, at some point, do you just make fun of it to try to diffuse it a little bit here? Javi Buez. Uh, a couple of phone calls here uh, this day in sports history. Nick in Texas leads us off. Hey, Nick, what do you have for me? Hey, what's going on, Dan? Uh, first time, sometime. Uh, about a six foot with shoes. It's a double decker, two fifty. That's hard and soft, if you know what I mean. Um, I uh, best of is I got to go catch the Cowboys. Kind of get taken out by Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, and only. To my worst of just to go home and catch the tail end of my Bengals, lose the lead to my daughter's Dolphins on a four uh, nineteen Hail Mary. Yeah, I saw that. That was wild. Uh, thanks for the phone call there. This day in sports history, Paulie, what do you have? Got a couple. Uh, Ty Cobb made his debut, his batting debut with the Detroit Tigers in 05. Mm-hmm. In 1918, the New York Giants beat the Brooklyn Dodgers 1-0 in a baseball game that took only 57 minutes. Ooh. U.S. President Ronald Reagan was inducted into the Sportscasters Hall of Fame. He was a successful sportscaster. Well, there up. you go again. And, uh, ooh, here's a kind of good one. 87, Canada's Ben Johnson set the world record in the 100-meter race at 9.83. Hmm. Unfortunately, three days later, he was stripped of his gold medal on the Oops. Oops. Uh, it was on this date in 1987, knuckleballer Charlie Huff was on the mound. The Rangers catcher was Gino Petrali. He allowed six pass balls in it. And it's always reminds me of the Bob Euchre line. Best way to catch a knuckleball is to wait till it stops rolling. <laughs> uh, Steve in Ohio. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind today? Howdy. Uh, six foot, 190. And uh, my best of the weekend is Kansas City Royals catcher Salvador Perez. Has hit five homers in the last five games, putting at 30, him at 38 home runs for the season. And he's just three home runs away from breaking the major league home run record for catchers held by Roy Campanella since 1951. How many is that? 41. 41 for a season? For a catcher. Well, wait, Johnny Bench had 45 home runs in a season. Mm, I looked it up. He said his tops was 40. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. maybe he had 145 RBIs that year. Uh, well, thanks Possibly. for the, thank you, Steve. Yes, Paul. I have Johnny Bench in 1970 hitting 45 homers and 148 RBI. Right. Was MVP. Right. I'm assuming he was catching. Yes, he was. Yes, McClellan. Maybe they mean he wasn't catching all those games. He did he move over to first base once in a while or something? Um, it might be some technicality like that, or DH or no, not I DH. Don't, I don't. I don't. He might have played a couple of games 
But uh, I, I got him as as catcher in '71. He did play some other positions. He played third base. I got him 141 in, in, games as catcher. It, that year, he hit 45 home runs. Yeah. And by the way, if there was ever a Jeopardy category for you, I think Johnny Bench or the '70s Reds would be it for you, as far as like your perfect Cliff Clavin category. Yeah, and probably. Has Jeopardy named a full-time host? Here, you know, here, I have the perfect, yeah, a perfect host. Like it's not even to me; it's a a, a no-brainer. Paulie wants me to hold it till tomorrow, <laughs> but that's not fair. You guys ready? Do you want to try to guess? Before I tell you who I think would be the perfect Jeopardy host. Todd? Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek. Nope. Too big a personality. Can't you ever be serious, Todd? I think that'll be kind of funny. He probably has other things he's got to do, though. He does. Uh, McLevin? Are you going to say myself? No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 But you would be great. No, I'm too old for it. Uh, Seton, you got one? It's funny. I was going to say Dan Patrick. Nope. Nope. I, I know that's not something that I would want to do even given the opportunity. Paul? Years ago, we suggested Jim Parsons, but I don't think that's who you're going with. Too big, even though you have one of his stars from the Big Bang Theory. Tony Reale of Around the Horn would be awesome. Energy, looks great, can handle that rapid fire. I think that he would be a no-brainer. No-brainer. I think he's that good, that talented. Tony, enjoy the rest of the day on Around the Horn. What we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. The compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. Size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing, which sums up this show. The best or nothing. Mostly nothing. One more item as we close out this Monday show, Simply Safe Home Security. They've been doing this for 15 years now, making people feel safe. A passion to protect people not only drives every engineering detail in the products, but motivates every interaction with customers. And that's one of the most important things with Simply Safe, making it easy. Takes about two minutes to customize a system on their website, simplysafedan.com. Highly trained security experts ready when you need them. Whether it's a fire, burglary, medical emergency, or you're just trying to set up your system, there's always somebody there who has your back to keep you safe and make sure you feel safe. As a listener, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe home security system and get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring services. Just go to simplysafedan.com. Customize your system and start protecting your home and your family today. SimplySafeDan.com. SimplySafeDan.com. And make sure you tell them we sent you. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.